Hello everyone, this is Kyle Galaz with Porter Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. We are in season four. I'm doing a bonus episode in between my one-on-one training sessions. And the bonus episode we're going to be covering is about trade-in values. It seems like when a customer has a trade-in in the deal, it's like you got to close two car deals now. You got to close them on the trade-in value that your boss gave you and you got to close them on the vehicle you're selling them. So it's double the work for that one commission. So trade-ins are a very touchy subject and people reached out and I said, all right, let's do an episode, a bonus episode. So we'll be talking about that in this episode. One thing I wanted to ask my listeners and you can find me on Instagram uh, and and message me what, you, what your answer is. How did you find the car business? What got you into the car business? Is there something that attracted you? Did a friend get you into the car business? Was it something that you just thought, you know, I want to give it a try? I'm curious to hear some stories out there of how you got into the car business. Find me on Instagram. The link will be in the description. It's Pro underscore car sales training. I just hit 1,000 followers. Thank you guys for following me. I know it's not a ton of followers, but I'm doing the best I can to promote on Instagram, and I appreciate you guys following me. I also want to give a shout out to all you people out there. All you salespeople that I follow, I follow over 4,000 accounts, and I love seeing your guys' creativity, all your posts, pictures, reels, videos you guys make of yourself, of cars. It's so creative, and it's very inspiring, so keep that up. Keep up the good work, and remember, that's how you sell more cars. you got to become a local celebrity. People need to become familiar with your face. And guess what? Those people will want to come visit you at your dealership and buy cars from you. They want to talk to the guy they saw on Instagram. They want to talk to the guy they saw on TikTok. So make sure you guys are putting yourself out there. Yes, you're going to deal with haters. I deal with haters. You know, it's just part of the game. But you're going to deal with more positivity than haters. So you got to get over that fear of posting your face on the videos and just just go for it. Have some fun and uh, do your thing. Thank you guys for your support on the podcast. I don't want to ever do an episode without thanking you guys, my loyal listeners. You know who you are. Um, you guys find me and message me, and we have I have great relationships with a lot of salespeople now across the entire planet. I love it when I get messages from you guys on Instagram talking about a, a sale you made or something that you might have a question on. I'm here to help 100%. Also, I got three books out now. Three books. They're all on Amazon. The one that's selling like crazy is the Porta Pro Daily Workbook. It's $14.99. You get one a month, and it just it helps you stay focused every day. The people that are truly using it and trying to fill in those boxes are selling more cars. It is inevitable. I had some feed, feedback from uh, uh, Frank Beard out of Boise, Idaho. He said, man, I need a bigger book. I mean, the guy's like 6'5 or something. He's 6'6. He's a giant dude. So I made a bigger version called the Titan Edition. It's also on Amazon. That one's $19,990. No, $19,99. It's 20 bucks on Amazon. I was thinking car business there. It's 20 bucks on Amazon. It's called the Porter Pro Daily Workbook Titan Edition. It's a bigger version with way more notes. Um, so check it out on Amazon. The links will be in this. And then also my pride and joy should be your pride and joy called sold is gold. It's a tracking system. So when you sell a car, you can put the customer's information and detailed uh, items in there about that customer. So you never lose a sold customer again. You cannot trust the CRM system at your dealership because we all know every few years they want to change CRM systems. And guess what? What happened to your sold customers? How do you get a hold of them? Well, I got a book for you called Sold is Gold. So check it out on Amazon. You'll see the links down below. So let's get in. Let's get started on this. 
Let's talk about trade-in values. You need to be the number one guy in closing on trade-ins. Trade-ins are, are a tough thing to, to, to go over with a customer because guess what? That's their baby. They've been driving it for four or five years. It's, it's a, an extension of them. So when you're dealing with trade-ins, you've got to be very cautious. You can never bash a customer's trade-in. You don't know how they got that car. What if their dad passed away and they inherited it and you're out there bashing on it, right? Oh, yeah, it's got this. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that kind of stuff. You never know where they got the car from. And you can find out where they got it from by asking questions and being inquisitive when you're talking about their trade-ins. But when it comes to trade-ins, you got to tread lightly because that is their pride and joy. And a lot of times, you go out to your vehicle, your personal vehicle, you can't see the scratches anymore. You can't see the dents and dings. You can't see the or hear the engine noise making funny sounds, right? These are things that you forget about that the customer has also forgot about. So when they go to trade it in, they think it's worth what the books told them. Yeah, it's worth ten grand. No, it's not. It's worth four grand because of all the damage it has. It's got a few scratches. No, it's destroyed, right? But they don't see that. So trade-ins can be tricky because the customer's mindset versus reality are usually way apart. But I'm going to go over how to deal with this. The first mistake salespeople make is they'll go to their desk and gather all the information about the trade-in and they never take the customer out to their own vehicle to make them sell you on their car. This is something I did as a salesperson. I would get my notepad and I would walk out there and I said, hey, I need you to come out here and tell me about your car. Well, guess what? They're putting on their sales shoes. They're trying to sell you on the fact that, that they have a nice car. Well, when they're selling me on that car as a salesperson, they would see that dent now. I'd be like, what, what happened here? Oh, yeah, yeah, I plan on getting that fixed. I got a quote for, for 300 bucks. It's super cheap to fix. Well, why didn't you fix it if it was so cheap? Oh, because it was more, right? I'm not doing this as a confrontational thing, but what I need that customer to see is that their car is not perfect. And by doing a walk around with them, you can start picking apart their car without having to say anything. They will say stuff. And you can merely point at something. Uh, some of the old school ways, is it's called the silent walk around. You go out there with the customer and you simply walk around the vehicle and make notes. And you touch things that are on it. Scratches, dents, dings, you know, whatever it is, bald tires. And the moment you touch it, they feel compelled to tell you why they didn't fix it or, or it's a cheap fix. But what you're really doing on this silent walk around is devaluing the car in a uh, positive way. Not bashing it. You're merely inspecting their car for your manager to put a number on it. And when you're out there with your customer, they can start devaluing their vehicle in their head of, well, I want a 10, but yeah, you're right. It's got a bunch of scratches and dents. I guess I never really paid attention. You're going to start hearing those things. So first and foremost with a trade-in, don't let the customer sit at your desk while you go out there and do a full appraisal and then you bring that information to your manager. Make your customer go out there and tell you about their car. When you open the car, you can say, oh man, it looks like your seat got torn. Did that happen from a knife or keys? And you know, you're doing it in a nice, fun, positive way, but then they start seeing, oh yeah, this does have a tear. Oh, it does have cigarette burns. And now that $10,000 car, that $20,000 car that they think it's worth, now you have some ammo of why the trade-in is not what they think because that is our biggest problem. The customer thinks it's always worth more. They never think it's worth less, right? How many times do they say, oh, I thought it was worth less? Never. It's always, I thought it was worth more and that's where the battle comes in. Now, when you're doing this this silent walk around and you're, and you're 
you're and you're talking about your car the car with the, the customer around their vehicle you need to have credibility credibility starts before you do the the uh, the trade and appraisal how did you do leading up to that trade and appraisal are you believable are you uh, someone that looks that they look at as a professional did you do your job right leading up to that trade in value if they still look at you as a, a newbie that doesn't know what he's doing he's floundering around he doesn't he doesn't even know his product he how could he tell me the value of my car if if he doesn't even know about his car that he's trying to sell me right so these things have to do with credibility if you want to be able to tr close on more trade-in values at the number your boss gave you and and have no fight then you need credibility they need to look at you as a professional and you can't get that without actually getting it so you before you get to the the trade-in you better have some credibility you better look like a professional to these these customers otherwise remember you're the representative here when the manager gives you the number you can blame the manager all you want but you are the representative you are the face of the dealership to that customer so they don't care who gave the number to you as a salesperson they only care about the number you're telling them right you're you're saying their trades worth five they wanted ten you're the representative so you need to have credibility when you go out with with those numbers so so far you need to take them out to their car and make them do a walk around for you by saying Tell me about your car so I can jot down these notes for my manager when he comes to appraise it. And while they're telling you about their car, that's when you can point at dents. That's when you can touch bald tires. That's when you can touch scratches and start devaluing it. And you watch when you do that, they're going to start making up all these things of why they didn't get it fixed. Oh, I had a quote. It's only 150 bucks to fix that. And I would ask, well, why didn't you fix it if it was so cheap, right? If you were already there and you got a quote and it was only 150 bucks to, to, to fix, why didn't you fix it? Oh, because it was actually a thousand, right? Don't say that, but you can know that. Okay, now, so you've done the silent walk around. You have credibility. Now you, you went to your boss and, and he gave you the trade appraisal. And this car's worth 10 grand. In your chest, you're thinking, that's it? You may even have the, uh, the guts to tell your boss, that's it? That's all I'm getting? That's all the trade's worth? Guess what? Our opinions as salespeople don't matter. They don't matter when it comes to the trade and value. The only thing that matters is the trade's quality, the books, the miles, right? Facts. Facts matter. Facts was, are what make uh, the trade value. A, a salesperson's opinion doesn't matter, and a manager's opinion doesn't matter. Now, a manager has to use expertise on, okay, it does need this. You know, it has bald tires at 650 bucks, but, but, really opinion doesn't matter on a trade value statistics what they're selling for the market value those things are what make a trade value so when you get a trade in appraisal and it's 10 you need to think all right it's worth 10 let's go make some money let's go close a deal not that's it they owe 12 right who cares what they owe and who cares what it's worth your job is to say give me the appraisal let me go close a deal I need to make a commission I don't care what the trade-in is I did everything right I'm gonna go close it so when you take those numbers and you go back to the desk you gotta have confidence you have to have confidence in the numbers that's on that paper if the customer detects a weakness if a customer detects a chink in the armor of when you come to the trade-in part they're gonna pick you apart and send you back and send you back and send you back for more and guess what they sent you back the first time they got 500 they got 500 more well guess what when you come back 
They want another 500. They're going to send you back. But if you come back with that first pencil and you've built credibility and you did that silent walk around and you have a ferocious confidence when you sit down with the numbers, they may be afraid to say, go back and ask your manager. Because they look at you as somebody that, wow, this guy is something else. I ain't, no, honey, honey, no. I know we said 17, but 15, we're going to take 15. 15 is the number. All right. Kyle said 15 is the number. Let's rock and roll. What's my payment? They will be scared to, to bring up anything. Or they'll ask, they'll ask for more money in a very timid way. Well, we were hoping to get more. Well, I'm sorry. This is what the vehicle books for. This is what the vehicle's valued at based on its current conditions. This is what it's going to need. And you can go over some of the things it needs. And folks, I'm not trying to knock your car. Don't take it the wrong way. I think you have a great car. But this is what it's going to take to get to retail value. Would you like me to sell you a car that's not that's that's in bad shape or needs tires? No, you want a vehicle that's in pristine condition like the one you picked out. Well, guess what? The next customer is going to expect that out of your car. This is why the trade-in value is 15 and not 17 or 19 that you wanted. Okay, That's some verbiages that I've used. Rewind that and listen again. That's the stuff I've said before as a salesperson in that exact tone because I've set the deal up right for when I sit down at the, at the desk, I have the, com- the confidence in myself and I have the confidence in the numbers. Whether I think the number is low on the trade or not, it doesn't matter for a salesman. All I care about is closing the deal. My boss gave me 10 grand. That's what it's worth. Watch me go. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about some more advanced stuff in, in trade-ins in this very episode that I used to do as a salesperson. Um, and, and I hope I can really help you not just make it easier to do trade-ins, but to actually make more money. When I, when I had a trade-in as a salesperson, I looked at it as I'm going to be able to make more money. And how is that even possible, Kyle? Well, I'm going to tell you here shortly. All right. So um, here's another uh, verbiage that I still use to this day. I've used this, this close on trade-ins for years, for years. And it's taken me years to, to make this close. I guarantee you, you've never heard this close before. Never. This is a Kyle Galaz special that I invented years ago because I I was trying to get better, truly trying to get better in the car business. And the stuff I was taught, you know, it worked 50% of the time. It worked 10% of the time. It worked 30% of the time. I wanted something that Kyle made that could crush trade-ins. And here's one of them. So when I would present the numbers, and I still use this today, when I would present the numbers and I would go to the trade, and I did everything right leading up to it. But guess what? I got a tough customer. And they want way more for their trade. Okay? This is what I would say. Folks, I've been in the car business now 20 years. I get you want more for your trade. I understand. I've yet to have a customer in my 20 years of selling cars look at a trade value that I've come out with on a paper and jump for joy. And they're skipping around the showroom. And they're saying, whoop did he do that this is the greatest trade appraisal ever. It's happened 0.0 times in my entire career. It's never happened. Guess what? I'm in the car business. And when another manager or my boss does my trade and appraisal, I'm not jumping for joy. It, I cringe every time. I get it. I'm a consumer too. I sit on that side of the desk too when I go places and when I buy things. So I know the pain that you're in and the, the, the fact that this is not what you wanted. I understand that. Okay, pause. So what I did there was first I, I humanized me as a salesperson. Okay, 
by saying, I don't even, I'm a consumer too. I don't like my trading value. So that was one of the things I did is I, I humanized and, and kind of sympathized with them. The second part is in my 20 years of being in the car business, no customer has ever been happy with the trade-in. It's happened zero times. I've never had a customer jump for joy when they saw their appraisal. What am I doing there when I say that to the customer? I'm telling them that the feeling they have right now about their trade-in is normal. Everyone has that trade-in. That feeling you got in your gut where you're like, no, that's not going to work. No, that's too low. Everybody has that, Mr. Customer. It's not unique to just you. The dealership is not just trying to get over on you, right? This is how trade-ins work. They're always low, okay? So before we resume, th these are some facts about trade-ins. No one is ever happy with the trade-in. Well, I found a way to say that. In my 20 years of selling cars, I've never come out with a, an appraisal and the customer jumped for joy. I use that word verbatim. It's happened 0.0, .0 times in my entire career. And I'm a consumer too. When I sit on that side of the desk, I don't like my trade-in values. Okay? So let's unpause now. So what I do with the customer after, uh, after I say that is I go into, this is where you allow me to do my job and really try to, to make a car deal for you. Because guess what, Mr. Customer? You're not going to buy the car if it's a bad deal, right? And they always say no. And guess what? I can't sell you the car if it's a bad deal for me either. So it's a mutual agreement. You have to like the numbers, I have to like the numbers, and then we can make a deal. That's when we shake hands on a car deal, correct? If we all like the numbers, and every time, of course, they're gonna say yes. How are they gonna say no to that? So let me do my job and figure out the payment, the interest rate, the terms, um, the taxes. Let me figure everything out, put it on a solid piece of paper, right let's other than that trade in value let me let me go to work on anything else and if i can get more for your trade i will certainly try but let's assume that this is all i can get now what can i do to try to make a car deal for you can i make it affordable on the payment because in the end payment is everything in three years are you going to remember what you paid for the car down to the penny are you going to remember what the taxes were are you going to remember what the doc fee was are you going to remember what the trade in value was in three or four years no, but I certainly can tell you that you're going to know what your payment is down to the penny because that payment is going to be every single month. Just so you know, I used to use that and I still do a lot about the no one has ever jumped for joy when it came to a trade-in and I'm a consumer too. It humanizes me as a salesperson, as a sales manager and it lets the customer know without saying everyone has this feeling, right? No, no customer has ever jumped for joy on a, on a trade appraisal. And watch it. If you say it with confidence, you're going to see the customer's guard start come down, start to come down because, oh, I guess this is just how the car business works. Now, if they're still tough, because that doesn't work 100% of the time, it works a lot though. I use it a lot because I can just, you can just feel their guard go down. And then when you say, let me just see what else I can do for you on the rates, the terms, the payments, because in the end, it's a payment thing. And you switch them over to payment. Now, if you have a customer that's extremely tough and they don't want to move on, it's all about the trade, right? Then you need to let them, let them do the, the, the work to get more for the trade. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. Okay, you're saying it's worth 20. You want 20 grand. Show me everything that you got to justify the 20. Because if you're just saying, I think my car's worth 20, that's not, that's, that's just a gut feeling, right? And people don't buy cars 
and book values and Kelly Blue Book works off gut feelings. They work off statistics. NADA works off statistics. JD Power works off statistics. The market works off statistics. The Black Book works off statistics. Carfax values now works off statistics. These are real tools. And a gut feeling that's, that you think your trades were 20 is not a real tool. That's just a gut feeling. So so I'm going to go fight for you, Mr. Customer. Don't think I'm not here to help you out as best as I can. I'm here to help you. And if I can get more for your trade, I certainly will try. But I need something from you to show my manager, my boss, that wait a second. My customer has five different things that says his car is worth uh, more than 15. It says it's worth 17. I need that from you, Mr. Customer. Well, guess what happens? They don't have any of it. They don't have anything been specific, right? So now you're making them sell again their vehicle to you. And they're not going to have the ammo and the tools and the things that say it's worth uh, 17, 18, 19, or 20 when really it's worth 15 to the dealership. Customers will also say stuff like, well, I've seen trucks just like mine on, on online for 20 or 30,000. Okay, show me. Bring them up. Let's check them out so I have some ammo to talk to my boss about. Okay, and let's say they bring it up. No, there's a reason why it's still on the website. It's not a good deal. The reason why you came to my dealership is because you wanted a good deal. And that's what I've been able to provide you on our vehicle. Anyone can ask anything for a vehicle on, on a website. you know. But the true value of a vehicle is what someone's willing to pay for it. That's why our dealership sells so many cars is because we put the true value on the vehicle that we're selling. Unfortunately, on trade-ins, we also have to put the true value. We don't do an inflated uh, value. Now that dealership, guess what they're going to do? You're going to go down there. They're going to give you more for the trade, but guess what they're going to do on their vehicle? They're going to charge you more for their vehicle. They may be way overinflated on their, uh, their pricing to show more on trades. It's just a trick that some dealerships use. And I don't use that kind of uh, trick here. So for instance, you may go to that dealership and they may, may be $4,000 over book on their vehicle. Well, guess what? That means they have $4,000 extra to put towards your trade. And if you don't think they do that, trust me, they do. So they're going to give you an inflated number on your trade, but they're not going to budge on their price. And guess what? You're going to be buying their vehicle for $4,000 over book just so you can feel warm and fuzzy about your trading. That doesn't make sense because they're not actually helping you. In fact, they're being deceitful up front. And here I am trying to earn your business the correct way, the honest way with sweat equity, and I'm showing you true numbers that are backed up by multiple sources and more, multiple tools. That's the kind of place I want to do business with. Hey, at least they're being transparent. You found a dealership that's willing to be transparent with you. You found a dealership that has a hardworking salesperson. You found a dealership that's not overpricing theirs to show you more on, on your trade, and you're leery of us. You need to be leery of the places that are offering way too much and they're overinflated on their 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 vehicles. Okay, pause. How many times have I used that close? I've used that so many times on trade-ins because instantly it puts doubt that they don't want to deal with those other dealerships that are charging over book. They don't want to deal with those dealerships that are going to fluff the numbers just to make you feel warm and fuzzy. They don't want to deal with that. And guess what, Mr. Customer? When they give you more for the trade and overcharge on their price, they're going to show you an interest rate that's three or four points higher than we will. Because guess what? They make tons of money off the interest rate. Whereas our dealership 
we'll, we'll do exactly what the bank tells us to do. If they give you this rate, we forward that rate to you. We are so transparent in how we do business, that's why we sell as many as, as we do. All right, let's move on. Here's another thing that customers are dealing with out there, and let's be honest, it, we see this more often than not, is being upside down in their trade. Customers hate being upside down in their trade. I would too, I would too. If I, if I owed 40 on a vehicle and it was worth 33 and I'm seven grand flipped, I would be upset. So how do you deal with the customer that's way upside down? Oh, I don't want to be upside down. Well, folks, everyone's upside down. I pay cash for my Tacoma. I'm upside down. Everybody is upside down in their vehicle. It's how we deal with it at, at our dealership to make the next vehicle more, more affordable. And here's another clothes I use. Would you rather be upside down in the car that you're trying to get out of, the car that you outgrown, the car that you don't want anymore? Would you rather be upside down in that and leave in that vehicle? Or would you rather be upside down in a vehicle that you picked out that you love that you can't wait to get in? Either way, you're leaving in something that you're upside down in. Why in the world would you continue to make payments on something that you can't stand that you've outgrown when you can make payments on this beautiful vehicle you just picked out, the beautiful vehicle that we drove, the beautiful vehicle that you said you love all the features and the Apple CarPlay and the giant panoramic, panoramic roof and the super sound system. You'd rather be upside down in your vehicle or would you rather be upside down in this vehicle? If I can make this new vehicle affordable and in your budget, would you rather leave upside down in my car or your car? I just used that close, just so just so you guys know, I just used that close less than a week ago. Customers were eight, nine grand upside down in their uh, in their vehicle. And I went out there and I used that exact close. And you know what the wife said? No, oh, that makes sense. I go, it does make sense. You're leaving in one of these vehicles upside down. Why in the world would you want to leave in the vehicle that you don't like anymore? The one you said that your car seats don't fit in. Everyone is upside down unless they paid cash. Anyone who is financed, unless they put an absorbent amount of cash down, is upside down. Okay, folks? So if I can make it fit your budget, why in the world would you want to leave in your car? I just used that close a few days ago, and it, it's such a good close. Uh, so remember that. Remember these little tools because you're going to have to use sometimes one. You're going to have to use sometimes two or three of these closes on trades. It's like you're having to sell another car within your car deal when it comes to the trading values. Okay, so that's another one. Now let's talk about ways to make money on a trade-in. When I was on the sales floor, all I cared about was making money. I went to the store to have fun, make money, and sell cars. How can I maximize my day? Did I want to go home with a voucher that said $400 or did I want to go home with a voucher that said $3,300? Hmm, let me think. Kyle, I took the $3,300. I took the $1,000. I took the $2,000. That's all I wanted to make was commas. I call them commas. Big vouchers that have a comma in them. So when you see a trade-in, think of that as an opportunity to make money. And I'm going to tell you how. So let's say uh, your, ma your manager, your sales manager gives you an appraisal and it's 15. Well, what I did as a salesperson, I said, okay, so the value of the car you're putting on is 15 at the sales desk. Yeah, it's 15. Okay, show me 13 on my, on my write-up. What? Yeah, show me 13. I want two more pounds to my deal. All right, and I'd go out there with my supreme confidence and my abilities that I set up to close them at 13. Of course it was a battle. I was going to have a battle at 15. I'm going to have a battle at 13. 
Might as well set it up to where I can make an extra two pounds on my deal by by showing them 13. Because my boss said it's worth 15. He appraised it for 15. The ACV is 15. Well, I'm going to show them 13 so I can add two pounds back to my deal. My record is five pounds. I had a customer back in the day uh, trading his truck. The sales manager gave me 16. I didn't even go back with a pencil. I just went back there verbally, talked to my customer. I said, hey, here's the deal. I got you, uh, I got you eleven thousand for your trade with the taxes. This is you're out the door. Now I'm going to work on payment. I'm going to get you the best interest rate possible, and I'm going to get you a payment you can afford. I bypassed that trade in so fast. Of course, the customer paused. What eleven? That's it. I go, that's it. But let me let me go to work for you and see what I can do on that payment. All right, fair enough, Kyle. I went back to my sales manager. And said, okay, write up my deal. You said that the appraisal was sixteen. Yeah, that's the ACV. Yeah, sixteen. All right. Get me a pencil with eleven, and they and all the managers up there, their jaws dropped. What? What do you mean eleven? He's not taking eleven. I go, get me a pencil with eleven. My goodness, wrote me up a pencil, and I added five pounds, five thousand dollars of profit to my deal that was already a, I think a four pounder. I so I walked out of there with a nine pounder. I turned a four pounder into a nine pounder with creativity, with confidence, with uh, with credibility with the customer. By doing the silent walkarounds and by being a professional in that customer's eyes, right? Of course he's not going to want 11. He's not going to probably want 16, but I might as well try at the lower number. So this is something I've, I've done for years and it's it's supplemented my income f- for so, so long. Um, I remember when I got that voucher on that, that deal, the reason why that deal stands out, and I've been doing this for years, these under allowances, that happened to be my bigger one, five. I've been doing fours, threes, twos, and ones for the last 20 years. Once I figured it out, once I even knew that was a thing, an under allowance, why would in the world would my store not tell me that that's a way I can make money? Are they scared? I don't know. But that's something I've been doing for 20 years. But when I got the voucher, the lady that cut my voucher, I think my voucher was, I think, three to $4,000. She goes, that's what my husband makes in a month. I go, and you're mad at me? Oh, I, I, I was so upset that she was mad at me for making, I think, 3800 bucks on that voucher. And then she's mad that her husband, I'm like, that, you're, you're mad at the wrong person, lady. Can't believe you're mad at me. Uh, you know, at one car deal when you're in your 20s. <laughs> That's why we're in the car business, right? So let's just recap trade-in values. Know this, salespeople out there. A customer is never going to be happy with their trade in value. It's happened 0.0 times in your careers. A customer jumps for joy, right? So knowing that, you just got to go out there with confidence in your in your pencil. And the way I would do it was would is is the lead up to the trade in. Did I do enough on the lot? Did I do enough to build a credibility to where these people see me as a professional? So no matter what number I come out with, high, lower, in the middle. That's the number they believe because they don't want to go head to head with the sales titan. They're they're not polished enough. They haven't sold enough cars. They've never sold a car. I have sold in one month more cars than these people have bought in their entire lifetimes. I am the professional. They are the amateur. So when you have that ability to talk the way I'm talking and you have the ability to have the confidence and everything leading up to that trade-in number has been done right, they will not want to go toe to toe with you because they're dealing with a ferocious titan that they don't even want to bring it up. Well, honey, I thought you said you wanted 15. No, 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 we're good. We're good. Kyle, yeah, let's see what the payments are. And I gave him 11, right? 
That's how we do it. And now start looking at trade-ins as a money opportunity, a way to make more money. People aren't going to like this out there. Some managers didn't like that I used to do that, right? They're the ones who had the policy. I'm the one who wanted to make money. But some managers out there were like, oh, that's just not right. Uh, okay, do you want to make less money? This is affecting your paycheck too. I never understood that mentality uh, of doing that. And I try it on every possible trade. Does it work every time? No, but if you don't try it, you'll never get it. And if you want to start making more money per month and you want to start becoming that sales titan that makes six figures every year and now you're trying to hit the one hundred and fifty and $200,000 mark a year, you got to get creative. If you're relying on what the gross is in the car right now, right? So let's say you're selling a, a newer pre-owned vehicle and there's two pounds on it. The two pounds was generated by the talent of your sales manager. The two pounds was generated by the talent of your store. All you did was try to sell it at full pop and you got two pounds. The two pounds is not your fault. The two pounds is the store's fault. But where you can make it your fault is when you under allow and you go out there with a trade-in and you tell them it's worth 10 but your manager appraised it for 12. Now that four pounds total is half the store's fault and half the half your fault. So you put in two, the store puts in two, and now you made a comma, right? You made a thousand dollar commission. So when you start here in trade-ins, get excited and start doing those things leading up to the the numbers. You gotta be confident and you gotta have done those things to be credible. Do the silent walkarounds. Uh, remember, your opinion doesn't change the value of the vehicle. Your opinion doesn't matter when it comes to the values. The only thing that matters is you going out there and closing it. And remember those word tracks I use. No customers ever jump for joy. Would you rather be upside down in yours or be upside down in the beautiful car you picked out? Right? Oh, I want more for your trade based on what information? A gut feeling or facts? Because I'm running with every book known to man, the market values, the auctions, what they're actually selling for, for the, in the market, and it's saying your trade is worth 15. You're saying it's worth 20. Show me. I'm on your side, Mr. Customer. I will go to bat for you. I just need some ammo. I can't go in there with your gut and say, here, this is his gut feeling. It's worth 20 because he thinks it's going to sell on the market for 25. Mr. Customer, I'm here to help you and I'm here to get you the best deal, but I need something to go back to my manager. Oh, let me guess. You don't got it. Of course they don't got it because they're going off gut feeling. You're the professional. They're the amateur. And when it comes to trade-ins, be supreme confident. Go out there with those numbers and have some fun. And think of trade-ins as an uh, opportunity to make money. Wow, that was fun. That was uh, 34 minutes of, of Porter Pro trading values, dealing with trade-ins. If you have comments on it or I didn't cover something with trade-ins, of course, there's so many variables when it comes to trade-ins. I mean, how many things, how many uh, scenarios do you come across that, that I can't cover in one episode? It would take me 40 hours to do an episode if I try to cover every scenario. But the fact of the matter is, is how does that customer see you when you do present those numbers? And when you do present them, are you presenting them weak or are you presenting them strong and ferocious? That's the difference for, between salespeople that are closing on that first pencil and closing after the seventh pencil when they've made it a mini and, there's, they've, and they've taken everything out of their soul and then they still get a bad survey from the customer even though you gave them everything. So get creative, try that under allowance and have some fun with your uh, with your with your trade-ins and with your customers. Remember, we are here to sell a bunch of cars. And just like the the workbooks and the sold as gold books that I have out there, they're here to help you stay focused 
and become something more than you are right now. Thank you. Kyle Galaz signing out.